0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of Batman Season 3, Episode 24, it's the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, where today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna at Roller Games, and then Matt at Footy Board Game. Where they're kicking bags of goals, should I say. Making turnovers at critical times and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL-inspired board game is all about. And you can find them on at Roller Games on Insta, Roller Games on Facebook and RollerGames.com.au. That's R-O-L-L-A. To find out a bit more about them, but more importantly, to get your hands on a mad footy board game for you and the family. Now to our WA Domestic Sports weekly wrap and uh, we're going to start off with a little bit of cricket. We're coming to the end, the very, very final part and point of the cricket season and it culminates in the Sheffield Shield final and it involves our very own Western Warriors. So let's get straight to them now. And WA after a long wait, 23 years of wait... And won the Sheffield Shield, and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player, but this domestic season, they are kings across all formats. Yes, to the Warriors indeed, but uh, certainly wasn't the way they wanted to finish off their final regular season Sheffield Shield game up against Victoria. It was a loss. Um, as the Warriors were sent into bat first and it really didn't fall apart from there with the team being bowled out for 122 with 27 the highest score from both Ashton Turner and Hilton Cartwright. It's not a high bar at all. And the bowlers, they just couldn't restrict the Victorians. They pumped on 298. There's Cam Gannon, he picked up four for 93. Hilton Cartwright contributed with the ball as well, picking out three for 14. And Charlie Stober was really consistent for uh, in his 2 for 63 at a 2.52 economy rate. Now to the second dig and going in 176 runs behind. So very much on the back foot. Whilst there was a bit of fight. Just not at the top of the innings. Where they sat at 2 for 25 at the start. Before Hilton Cartwright's 82 from 194. Well he partnered uh, with Teague Wiley. To uh, put on a 53 run partnership and stand. But after that there just wasn't that Big partnership that they really needed uh, to sort of set a suitable target for the Vicks. And as a result, they were bowled out for just 236 and only left with 62 to defend. The bowlers were able to snag three wickets, but it wasn't going to last long on the final day. And so their momentum going into the final certainly has been slightly halted. And it's back to the drawing board for the team. But they won't have to wait long playing the same opposition at the same venue. In the same final, in the Sheffield Shield final on Thursday, so they're going to have to regroup really quickly, and they can only hope that uh, you know that they have made the adjustments. That it's just a one-off game that you know they just got horribly wrong. Uh, we do have to give credit uh, to Scott Boland; he was absolutely terrific. But the question has to be asked: uh, Why was Scott Boland allowed uh, to come back early from the Indian tour as it finished and play for Victoria, yet Lance Morris was not? So I just find that curious. But uh, we'll leave it there. We hopefully will be able to touch base with them next week with great news of a three-peat of titles. Uh, Perth, the, the Perth Scorchers, they've won the BBL back-to-back. Uh, the Western Warriors, they've won the ODI back-to-back. Now it's up to the Sheffield Shield. Can they do it again? As I said, we're going to leave it for them. Let's hit the pitch. Let's talk a little bit of football, the world game. Let's talk some Perth Glory women. Popped over the top for Hinson. It's going to sit up here for Sierra Hinson. It's there. a level. What a finish from Sierra Hinson. Made an acute angle. Very achievable. And a shallow goal kick due to the wind. Hinson flicking it through the left side. It he is raised really in. Is this glory's chance? um, And they have resumed their late push for finals, all on the back of a 10th minute Sierra Hinson hit, picking out the bottom corner, having been teed up by Hannah Lowry, before the glory withstood some pressure from the hosts to secure um, their 5th win in 7 games. They had other golden opportunities after that, from Liz Anton, uh, who had a header of went down that probably should have gone a bit higher, and Lowry, who, uh, who had a shot that was more of a scoop than a strike, and really was the better of the two shots. Um, but to no avail. And as discussed in particular, the second half, uh, the Wellington Phoenix really pushed and pushed, but just couldn't get the goal that they needed to tie the game. Sarah Langman, the goalkeeper, was huge. Uh, just in putting in a late hand to stop out a corner goal attempt I mean a scramble the players in the 53rd minute in particular, that was one of their main opportunities The Phoenix, but just got snuffed out. Now this was a game they really didn't deserve to win, only having 59 uh, possession, which is pretty good overall, to be honest. But eight to twenty-four goal attempts, three to seven shots on goal, three to thirteen shots off goal, five less corner kicks, and five less free kicks. And as a result of this, it was no one of the goalkeeper saves was seven to two in favor of the Perth Glory. Uh, the team had fifty less dangerous attacks, but the win overall it was massive for them. It put them within five points of fourth spot with still one game in hand, as next week they play in their final home game of the regular season uh, against a a finals uh, competitive team in Melbourne City. So that's going to be a challenging contest indeed. But uh, look... The, they had a bit of a you know setback last week in their game against Adelaide that certainly put them back a bit of a step which was disappointing but a huge win in their first uh, trip to Wellington as well so massive massive trip away of course as we all know but to get the win especially so early on and to defend for 80 minutes uh, is is by no no mean feat something we should uh, you know just brush over uh, they did terrifically well the ladies there so great job Great game, but more importantly, got the three points, and they're just hunting. They're hoping that Melbourne victory can falter, and they can possibly make a late play for a finals berth. But in the end, it all comes down to winning, taking care of business from your end, and seeing how the cards fall. We're now going to leave it for the Perth Glory women. Let's make our way to the hard court. Let's talk a little bit of netball and some West Coast fever. To is Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds' goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be oh. the exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then it was all finished off by Sasha Glasgow. Just before we get to the season starting, just a bit of an award acknowledgement in Sunday, Ariang. Uh, She was presented the Sports Person of the Year Award at the WA Multicultural Awards for 2023. So well done to you, Sunday. Now onto their season opener up against Melbourne Vixers in a grand final rematch. And what a thrilling game that it turned out to be, eventually holding on 62-61 in the dying seconds of the match. Uh, the, excuse me. The team raced out of the blocks, leading by five goals to quarter time, but then the Vixens just slowly but surely reined them in, and it came down to star goal shooter Janeil Fowler, uh, who was 55 of 55 at 100%, sealing the game with the final goal in the remaining almost second. That was how hectic it was. Uh, in the third term in particular, the Fever's lead was whittled down to one by the Vixens in a barnstorming start to the third term uh, before our girls responded and brought the lead back to six at stages of that term. The team shot at 98% to Melbourne's 90%, with the Vixens shooting of 55 of 61 goals and three of nine from super shots compared to 60 of 61 goals uh, for the West Coast Fever and just three attempts at super shots. So we know that, that that's not really a massive priority for us. And why would you when you've got um, the competition's best player, in Geneal Fowler, um, just, you know, dominant 55-55? Why bother shooting the two if you know that the one is pretty much guaranteed nine times out of ten? Sunday, Ariang and Captain Courtney Bruce were steadfast in defence and they combined for nine gains together, including two intercepts for Bruce and six deflections for Sunday. And coming up big specifically, and more importantly, in the final term when they really needed it and they were being pushed. Alice Teague kneeled she was superb in the WA role, uh, the wing attack role, just to clarify for those of you playing at home, uh, with 39 feeds and 20 goal attempts. Now, looking ahead, uh, they travel on the road to play the Giants uh, next Sunday at 11 a.m. Western Standard Time. And just to update the latter, um, of course, uh, the all of the games were played in round one, so it really just all comes down to percentage. And given the fact that we only won by one goal, there's no way we we're going to be anything really apart from fourth. So with eight teams, they won, so they're definitely sitting fourth, but uh, they had the smallest margin of error there. So yeah, sitting fourth, but uh, yep, a nice challenge there up against the Giants. A nice away game. We'll see what they can do um, when they're on the road. But good start. One of one. All, all you could have wanted, especially for a grand final rematch, going right down to the very end. Uh, we're going to leave it there. For the uh, ladies in green, what a terrific start, as we said. And let's make our way, talk a bit of super rugby and some Western Force men. Again. Right So we knew last week that uh, that the gents were going on a big away trip, uh, where they they were set to be based in New Zealand for the next three weeks, as they play the Highlanders on Sunday. Well, played the Highlanders on Sunday, uh, the Auckland Blues on March 26, and the Hurricanes on April 2. Now, game one of their trip, and whilst it wasn't a win, going down to the Highlanders 35 to 43. They made improvements to their game plan and the execution of particular aspects, and that would be mildly pleasing for coach Simon Cron. The team won the possession count 56%, had 35 more passes, but 36 less metres gained. It really was an arm wrestle of a match, and a lot of, and a lot of their tough grind came from debutant Gareth Simpson, who solidified himself as a dangerous asset for his side at the half-back position. For Laofa Fainga, he was ruled out prior to the game as well, and it was a decent blow to the team's front pack early. But to start the game, back rowers Ollie Callan and Captain Michael Wells gave key performances, not only defending well, but giving the force possession through multiple pilfers, while Hamish Stewart uh, was influential in the back line. The force had the lead in patches in the second half, uh, leading 18-15 and 25-22 before giving up uh, the lead in the 60th minute mark at a time also, coincidentally enough, and the force went down to 14 men. Uh, there was a sin bin for a lifting tackle. Which was pretty obvious. Um, for the remaining 20 minutes of the match. And that's where unfortunately the game really just uh, you know separated. Whilst from there there were three quick tries by the Highlanders. Uh, they were just stacked on. And you really couldn't blame the force for rolling over. But they instead dug their heels in. They played right down to the wire to take back two quick tries of their own. And only lost by um, what was it? 35-43. Realistically, they should have only lost by five, because uh, they had, uh, after they scored the final try, after time had already elapsed, in which case the game is over, they had a chance to um, you know, get, get, of course, um, a penalty kick, um, or a conversion kick, I guess you'd probably call it, and uh, it really was quite gettable for a super rugby player. But they missed it. So, you know, three points gone missing. It wouldn't have made a difference in the game, but uh, it's all about the percentages, especially when you get to the nitty gritty of it all. So, their second match of the triple see them tackle and take on the fourth place Auckland Blues. And uh, as a result of their loss, uh, the Western Force have dropped to eighth with the two and two record. So, yep, doesn't get any easier. But uh, they showed patches in there, and they showed fight right to the very end, uh, which you know you probably couldn't blame them, given the fact that uh, they were in the game for so long. But uh, that w- losing that one player certainly makes a difference, you know, especially at the at the ruck and the scrummage. So, yeah, we're going to leave it there for the Western Force men. Let's now head back to the pitch and. Still talking about the world game, or well, getting back to the world game, I guess. And let's, we've already touched on the women, let's now talk about the glory men. Glory, glory, in a bit of personnel news, midfielder Jacob Douse will leave the club when his current contract expires at the end of the season, having made 11 appearances so far this season and contributed 4 assists after coach Ruben Zagkovic brought him over in July last year after an impressive campaign with Broadmeadow Magic in the northern New South Wales NPL competition. Uh, Jacob was offered a two-year contract to stay, but wanted to return home to Newcastle to his family and friends. So that's a bit of a loss on the personnel side of things, very unfortunate. Now, the team on the field, coincidentally enough, were facing Newcastle away, and they had to settle for a draw. But in a way, it was the reverse of what had been happening for them for a long stretch of games previously this time, coming back two times during the game to snatch, in a way, a point on the road. Uh, They conceded firstly in the 36th minute before Trent Osler's header via Jack Clisby's corner cross equaliser to make it one all, and that was in the 56th minute, but went down again in the 79th minute. And hopes of getting a positive result were fading very fast before Ryan Williams' last gasp stunner. They left very late too, and to the surprise of no one, it was once again a Williams, but not David. It was Ryan instead, with a 96-minute goal with a darting run from the near post into the header from a superb Keegan Jelicic cross to help seal a share of the spoils. And prior to that, Adam Taggart had a one-on-one with the goalkeeper, but couldn't finish in the 90th minute. Now, just quickly to the stats though. And the goal attempts, they were even, Uh, Perth Laurie had two less shots on goal but then two more shots off, uh, sorry, they had two less shots on goal but had two more shots off goal, Uh, four, four blocked shots apiece, just showing that this certainly was an even affair, but they did only have one up against four big chances created across the day. They're now only one win out of the top six still. However, with other results to come, and next week they'll play MacArthur FC back at HBF Park. And One final positive is they actually got a draw without leading goal scorer David Williams, who was late out with a calf injury uh, upon the final train se- training session on Friday before travelling. And they also lost Mustafa Amini, uh, the captain, to a virus on the day of the game as well. So they were able to get a point. They were able to get a draw, coming back twice, uh being one nil down and then two one down. So you you gotta think. Uh, definitely a positive for them. That of course they need a win, just to really heap that pressure on and start climbing, like not being so stagnant between, you know, 10th and 7th, getting so close, but just not there yet. They've got to really start building that momentum. But hey. Gutsy, gutsy draw. Certainly take the positives from there. But we're going to leave it for the Perth Glory men and we look forward to touching base with them next week when they're back home in a terrific contest against Macarthur FC at HBF Park. Alright, well that's a wrap. Uh, That's Season 3, Episode 24 of the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, uh, where our glory snatched a draw. Uh, The Force men, unfortunately, tough loss there, but pretty gutsy right at the very end after losing a player in the last 20 minutes that they had to finish the game off with. Fever, terrific start to their Suncorp Super Netball season. Glory women, huge win, 1-0 win as well, Uh, and holding off... uh, Holding off their opponents for 80 minutes. Uh, Just terrific there. And the Western Warriors. This Thursday, the Marsh Sheffield Shield final starts at the Wacker ground. So if you're not doing anything between Thursday and Sunday, hopefully it goes the distance. Or maybe hopefully not, if it's an absolute domination. Get down to the Wacker, Support our Western Warriors. And it was, I think, 20-odd years uh, last year when they actually won it. So hopefully it's not going to be as long until our next Sheffield Shield victory. But we're going to leave it there. And... If you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have you aboard. We look forward to touching base with all of our teams on the WA domestic sporting scene, but yours truly, Adam Bat. I'm out for now.